Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 182. It's 8. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 26 from James Warden. The message is five seconds long and comes from the spring of 1990. Let's listen. Hey, dude, it's James. It's a... In his last message, James gave the time as two o'clock, leading me to speculate that I was at the Seminary Co-op bookstore. In this case, the time of eight o'clock means that I could very well be studying at the Regenstein Library. I have mentioned the reg, as most students call it, in previous episodes, but it's time to take a deeper dive into this institution, which plays such a central role in UChicago's campus life. The plans for the library date back to the 1950s, when Harper Memorial Library, built in 1912, was simply running out of space to store the ever-expanding collection of books. In 1964, the university hired the firm of Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill to design the project, and a year later, a $10 million gift from the Joseph and Helen Regenstein Foundation helped achieve nearly half of the over $20 million needed to complete construction. The designer's central challenge was to not only provide a space to accommodate a collection of 2.2 million volumes expected to double over 20 years, but also to create an environment that encouraged easy retrieval for scholars conducting research. A 1968 article from the Chicago Maroon describes how the final design addressed this challenge. 2,300 to 2,400 seats will be placed in subject reading areas horizontally adjacent to the stacks of the entire collection of that discipline. On open shelves adjacent to the seats will be the major reference tools and current periodicals of related subject disciplines. The massive structure required to achieve these goals could have turned into a big, stodgy box. But lead architect Walter Netsch created a dynamic, zigzagging structure inspired by the Gothic buildings of the campus quadrangle and using the same Indiana limestone. For the location of this football field-sized facility, the university chose Stag Field, the site of the first controlled self-sustaining nuclear reaction in 1942. This, of course, led to morbid jokes among students about glowing from radiation after a long night of studying. The Regenstein opened in the fall of 1970, to great acclaim from architecture critics and users alike. But five years later, its popularity as a social space became a problem. 
In a column titled Rescue Regenstein, published in the May 30, 1975 Maroon, English professor Wayne Booth described the conditions on a typical day. Carpet stained with spilled coffee and ground-out cigarettes. Tables scarred with beverage marks and cigarette burns. Upholstery dirtied with footprints. Litter in quantities suggesting that neither users nor maintenance personnel cared about it. And smoking and eating throughout the building. Booth went on to lead a committee investigating the quality of life in Regenstein that held hearings in the spring of 1976 and released its final report that summer. The most significant recommendation was to expand the canteen, which would encourage eating, smoking, and socializing outside the study areas. This led to the opening of Ex Libris Coffee Shop in January of 1979. A central reason for the Regenstein's popularity came from how it encouraged many different styles of studying. I have spent time in many university libraries, but none comes close to containing the diverse spatial pleasures of the reg. If I wanted silent privacy, I could find a space in the dark recesses of the stacks where desks were built into the surrounding walls. For moderate isolation, one could choose a carol in the reading areas. This closed off visual distractions, but allowed friends to find you if they were roaming the floor. A third option was to work at one of the large wooden top tables. This was typically my preference because it allowed stretching the legs and spreading materials out. Although they were surrounded by four chairs, rarely would more than two be occupied. Finally, if I was looking for a serious siesta, I would sink into one of the velvet mohair chairs that sat in the floor-to-ceiling window alcoves on each floor. With the help of my Hyde Park Facebook crew, I learned these chairs were designed specifically for the reg by Charles Pfister, who worked for the Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill Interior Design Department. Fister lounge chairs are now sold by Knoll for between three and $10,000, depending on upholstery. The most significant development for the reg since my time there was the 2011 edition of the Mansueto Library, a magnificent glass dome linked to the Regenstein's west side. In the main reading room, a robotic system allows for the retrieval of a book in about three minutes from underground storage, where up to three and a half million volumes can be maintained securely. This permits rapid access to items that would otherwise be stored off-site, and thus take at least a day to retrieve. 
To retrieve any of my podcast episodes, simply visit my website, pfoch.com. If you would like to help with the costs of maintaining this archive, simply find my username, pfoch, at either Cash App or Venmo. Pfoch is spelled P, F like in Frank, O-T-S-C-H. Contributions in any amount are much appreciated. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.